Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. So sadly, 40% of you were correct. Yesterday's survey question, how far will Putin advance? Let's hope that 21.73% of you are not ultimately correct. Yesterday, I asked, how far will he take this? And I gave you five choices, all of Ukraine. And that's where 39.77% of you came in, a plurality. Eastern Ukraine was 26.15%. You know, the so-called Russian-speaking areas of Eastern Ukraine. I was in that category, and obviously, that is not the right answer. Let's hope that in the end, 21.73% of you are not right in your assessment because that's the number, one out of five, who said he's going to roll into other former Soviet states. 8.37% said Kiev, and 3.97% said, I guess thinking he was bluffing, said none of the above said none of the above. But of course, by now, you know that it all went down last night in a much more expansive way thus far than had been initially envisioned. Putin invaded Ukraine, including attacking the capital of Kiev in this overnight barrage that was both swift and broad and thus far ruthless. The attack was exactly in line with what President Biden's forecasts had been, forecasts that initially had not been accepted by Ukraine, but are being accepted now. And Putin, in delivering a speech right before the the first shells were uh, exploded, said that nations, quote, will face consequences greater than any of you have faced in history if they interfere with his invasion of Ukraine. President Biden said that Putin's premeditated war will bring a catastrophic loss of life and human suffering. And Ukraine President Zelensky said that he was cutting off diplomatic relations with Russia and tweeted, Russia treacherously attacked our state in the morning as Nazi Germany did in World War II years. Um, Just parenthetically, you know, hard to believe that 
Trump impeachment one was all about, you know, Zelensky and the dealings with Zelensky and him wanting an Oval Office meeting and him wanting weaponry and so on and so forth. And and meanwhile, the president, then president's response was to say, yeah, I know you want all that armament, but what are you going to do for me relative to Hunter Biden? Just just had to say because it happens to be true. So I was talking to one of my sons about this last night as it was all seemingly about to go down. And he made an observation to me uh, that he didn't think that we would again see war among sophisticated nations. And it made me think of McDonald's. Yeah, him saying, you know, Ukraine and Russia, not exactly third worldish, not exactly. This is what he was thinking. He didn't say it like this, but not exactly bin Laden sitting in a cave. And plotting an attack against the United. These are sophisticated people. Overlooking for the purpose of this conversation that that Putin seemingly is, you know, a madman. I think that's a big part of it. I'm, I'm thinking about that. Wall Street Journal story that I read from yesterday with the three person byline about Macron going to travel and meet with Putin. The impression hardened when Mr. Macron traveled to Moscow two weeks ago as part of a diplomatic push to avert an invasion. According to French officials, Mr. Macron found that Putin was more rigid, more isolated and had basically gone into a sort of ideological and security minded drift. And I said yesterday, as I read, and there's more to it. You know, are they telling us that they think that he's off his rocker? The Kremlin's strict health protocols also set the tone. Mr. Macron was told that if he wanted to shake Mr. Putin's hand or sit next to him, he needed to arrive nearly seven years, seven years, seven hours before the meeting. The close presidential aide said that he'd be required to take a PCR test administered by a Russian doctor without the French president doctor being present. I mean, come on, that's nutty stuff. And that's the backstory as to why you saw that picture of Macron sitting 20 feet away from Putin at the same table. And it was followed by Putin then addressing some group of his ministers so distant that they needed to use microphones. And it's it's what's making me wonder, has this guy totally lost it? But back to my son's observation or or hope that sophisticated nations would not again be involved in war. And I said it made me think of Big Macs. I'll tell you why. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light Shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. 
Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. There are lessons sometimes to be learned in retail habits. And you'll have to bear with me for a moment when I try and draw this this connection, uh, because it's it's otherwise going to sound to you completely unfounded. You remember David Wasserman's work about Cracker Barrel and Whole Foods? David Wasserman from the Cook Political Report. I I credit him with being the architect of this analysis. When I'm out on the road and I'm speaking about politics in non-COVID times, I, I always like to use a slide or two and talk about his analysis. He has analyzed presidential elections in the context of whether counties have a Whole Foods or a Cracker Barrel. And he found something very, very interesting, that in 1992, Bill Clinton won 60% of counties with a Whole Foods, but only 40% of counties with a Cracker Barrel, a 20% gap. And then in the 2000 election, Bush, Bush uh, meaning W, wins 43% of counties with a Whole Foods, 75% of counties with a Cracker Barrel. The 20% gap from eight years prior is now a 32% gap between Whole Foods and Cracker Barrel counties. Here comes Obama in 2008. He wins 78% of counties with a Whole Foods, only 36% of counties with a Cracker Barrel. Now the gap that was 20%, then 32%, is now 42%. 42%. 2016, Trump wins 22% of counties with the Whole Foods, 74% of counties with a Cracker Barrel. Now the gap between Cracker Barrel and Whole Foods counties is 52%. What had it been back in 92? It had only been 20%. And finally, in the 2020 election, Joe Biden wins the presidency, winning 85% of counties with a Whole Foods and 32% of counties with a Cracker Barrel, the widest gap ever. Now, David Wasserman uses the Cracker Barrel Whole Foods analysis 
to point out that gerrymandering is not the only problem that's driving us apart when it comes to geography, but rather there's a self-sorting component at play. And he illustrates this by talking about the disconnect between people who forget, you know, your congressional district. He says it's all about counties where county boundary lines don't change. And illustrates it by counties that have a Whole Foods or a Cracker Barrel. By the way, I live in a county that has both. And guess what? It's a swing county, or arguably so, which explains it. Yeah, okay, Michael, but what the hell does this have to do with Ukraine and Russia? Well, it's a similar type of analysis that Tom Friedman offered. I I can't believe this was back in 1996, because it's one of these oddities where I cannot remember lunch yesterday, and yet Ukraine is invaded by Russia, and my son says, Dad, sophisticated nations, do they still go to war? And I say, oh my God, Big Mac, Tom Friedman. Tom Friedman in 1996 went to Hamburger University at McDonald's headquarters. I think this is Chicago. There's no like dateline associated with it. But I remember when I I gave a speech uh, at a city winery in Chicago, and I'm pretty sure that across the street was Hamburger University. So this is Pulitzer Prize winner Tom Friedman, New York Times, you know, Tom Friedman, The World is Flat. This is actually like right in the era where he was writing that book. And he said this. So I've had this thesis for a long time and came to Hamburger University at McDonald's headquarters to finally test it out. The thesis is this. No two countries that both have a McDonald's have ever fought a war against each other. The McDonald's folks confirmed it for me. I feared the exception would be the Falklands War, but Argentina didn't get its first McDonald's until 1986, four years after the war with Britain. Civil wars don't count. McDonald's in Moscow delivered burgers to both sides in the fight between pro and anti-Yeltsin forces in 1993. Since Israel now has a kosher McDonald's, since Saudi Arabia's McDonald's, closes five times a day for Muslim prayer, since Egypt has 18 McDonald's and Jordan is getting its first, the chances of a war between them are minimal. But watch out for the Syrian front. There are no Big Macs served in Damascus. India, Pakistan, I'm still worried. India, where 40% of the population is vegetarian, just opened the first beefless McDonald's, vegetable nuggets, but Pakistan is still a Mac-free zone. Obviously, I say all of this tongue-in-cheek, but there was enough of a correlation for me to ask James Cantalupo, the president of McDonald's International and its de facto secretary of state, what might be behind this Golden Arches theory of conflict prevention which stipulates this is the key part i'm being totally serious in this and this is now about to be belied but the theory of this golden arches conflict prevention is that when a country reaches a certain level of economic development when it has a middle class big enough to support a mcdonald's It becomes a McDonald's country, and people in McDonald's countries don't like to fight wars. 
They like to wait in line for burgers. Or, as Mr. Cantalupo puts it, quote, we focus our development on the more well-developed economies, those that are growing and those that are large, and the risks involved in being adventuresome for those growing economies are probably getting too great. The theory is that when you've achieved a certain level, this is me speaking, not Tom Friedman, a certain level of development as a nation, you're no longer, to my son's point, you're a sophisticated nation no longer engaging in war. And yet this theory of conflict resolution is now out. Because when I checked this morning, the latest statistics that I could find were as of the close of business of 2020, there were in Ukraine 93 McDonald's and in Russia as of the same time 785. So something's changed. Two McDonald's nations are now at war with one another. And the best I can offer you is to go back and say, yeah, not necessarily with the popular sentiment of one of them, Russia, but because they they have a dictator who may have lost it. This is all being driven by one man. Back to Tom Friedman. He says, in the 1950s and 1960s, developing countries thought that having an aluminum factory and a U.N. seat was what made them real countries. But today, many countries think they will have arrived only if they have their own McDonald's and Windows 95 in their own language. This year, McDonald's went into its 100th country, and for the first time, it earned more revenue from McDonald's overseas than from McDonald's America. Said Mr. Cantalupo, again, the president of McDonald's International, this is back in 1996, I feel these countries want McDonald's as a symbol of something, an economic maturity, and that they are open to foreign investments. I don't think there's a country out there that we haven't gotten inquiries from. I have a parade of ambassadors and trade representatives in here regularly to tell us about their country and why McDonald's would be good for the country. Now, I should tell you that when Tom Friedman floated this idea back in the mid-90s that those with McDonald's are no longer going to be threatening war with one another. Oh, and by the way, you can correct me if or you can educate me and really not correct me. But if there's if there's an example from between 96 and the present and civil wars don't count, then you'll call me in a moment, I'm sure. And you'll say, oh, Michael, we've already broken the McDonald's principle. You can also say, I mean, Putin would say, Putin would say this is a civil war. Because part of his whole mindset is that Ukraine is rightfully Russian. So I'm not sure what Tom Friedman would say about this analysis, but work with me here, because when he wrote it, someone disagreed with him. And here comes that argument. The question raised by the McDonald's example is whether there is a tip over point at which a country, by integrating with the global economy, opening itself up to foreign investment and empowering its consumers, permanently restricts its capacity for troublemaking and promotes gradual democratization and widening peace. Does that apply to Ukraine? I think it applies to Ukraine. Have they tried to integrate with the global economy? They've tried. Are they opening themselves up to foreign investment and empowering their consumers? 
permanently thereby restricting their capacity for troublemaking and promoting promoting gradual democratization and widening peace. I think all of those things apply to Ukraine. I, I don't think they all apply to Russia. And each has a climate, Russia more than Ukraine, of corruption. Friedman then quotes Francis Fukuyama, author of the classic work The End of History, who argued to him that a country getting its own McDonald's was probably not a good indicator of that tip-over point because the level of per capita income needed in the country to host a McDonald's is too low. Quote, I would not be surprised if in the next 10 years, several of these McDonald's countries go to war with one another. In other words, the buy-in is now too small. The buy-in is too small because you don't need a lot of per capita income to sustain a McDonald's. So Francis Fukuyama says it doesn't really work. And then Friedman wraps up his analysis by saying, yes, there will be conflicts, but more inside countries then between them, maybe that does meet this model. There will be conflicts, but more inside countries than between them. Is this feeling civil warish? Tucker thinks so. He says it's a border dispute. No question the spread of McDonald's, a new one opens every three hours. Wow, is that still the rate of expansion? Holy smokes is part of this worldwide phenomenon of countries integrating with the global economy and submitting to its rules. But this is not a smooth, linear process. It produces a backlash inside countries from those who do not benefit from this globalization, who feel that their traditional culture will be steamrolled by it, and who fear they won't eat the Big Mac, the Big Mac will eat them. Obviously, Friedman is is ready there to publish his thoughts on uh, the world being flat. Well, what do you make of it in that context? Do we have a war between two Big Mac nations? Does this now represent the upending of that which I was discussing with my son, which is, you know, gone are the days where it couldn't be envisioned that, envisioned that there would be war between sophisticated nations? And where might it lead? To go back to the survey question that began Uh, Today's program yesterday, 40 percent of you told me in your vote that this would involve all of Ukraine. Sadly, it seems like that's the case. What about the prospect of spilling into other Soviet states? I can tell you what worries me the most. What worries me the most is the prospect and I'll, I'll speak to this as the program progresses. What worries me the most is the prospect of this spilling into a NATO nation, not necessarily through a a conventional military strike, but through a cyber attack. What if a cyber attack launched by Russia ends in Poland? Is that now an attack on Poland that would trigger Article 5? I I actually read last night a, a communique that was agreed to in 2021 by NATO allies that's ambiguous on this issue. It's really not clear, like, what happens if there's... They they start out by saying, we take cyber attack very seriously. They're complex, they're destructive, they're coercive, they're becoming more frequent. But then they take a pass as to whether a cyber attack 
would necessarily invoke Article 5. Article 5 is the article that says, hey, an attack against one is an attack against all. That's what worries me the most. Morning after, trying to assess what's just gone on here and where might it lead. So I want to spend time on that, too. Tom Friedman's 1996 Big Mac analysis. It looks like there has uh, there has been a break uh, in that thought process. Maybe you say, no, not really, because these are... These are essentially, this is essentially a civil war-ish kind of thing. It's not U.S.-China. It's not U.S.-Russia. But rather, it's it's two nations that have a, a deep and intertwined past. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts— to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.